0: Michael and Emily met as teenagers. He lived in Indiana and she lived in Ohio. They talked on the phone and wrote letters to each other until the day he finally confessed his feelings for her. As of this recording, they've been married for 20 years and have eight children together. I'm Tim Smith and this is the Real Dating Wisdom podcast where I interview married Christian couples about their time before marriage in order to give you real wisdom from real stories of Christian dating done right. As you listen, you'll hear choice music that was meaningful to the couple during their time dating. So without further ado, here's the story of Michael and Emily.
1: Uh, My name is Michael Foster, I'm 43 years old. I am a bivocational pastor, so I'm a pastor and a director of sales.
2: My name is Emily Foster. I am a stay-at-home mom and wife to Michael. Um, How old are you? I'm 39 years old, and uh, we have seven kids, uh, eighth on the way, and we've been married for 20 years.
0: What was the dating culture like back when you were single?
1: Well, I think there was multiple dating cultures, right? There was a dating culture in the world right that we were being saved out of we both became Christians in the late 90s and then there was the dating culture we were saved into which was kind of that I kiss dating goodbye Joshua Harris um courtship culture which is its kind of own thing there's multiple courtship cultures I don't know how would you how would you describe the dating culture pre maybe post conversion um pre-conversion I
2: think it was just hedonism really um just do whatever you want and flirt and who cares um but then when we became christians and were interested in each other it was like the height of the purity culture so Mm -hmm. um we just really wanted to get to know each other in the context of our friends and family um and i think our friends were a little confused on what we were trying to do. So they often would leave us alone when that was the opposite of what we wanted to do. So,
1: yeah, I think basically it was the sort of casual dating that involved uh, sexual intimacy was the standard culture of dating. So I think when you hear people uh, deride dating these days, it's because that's what was going on. It was like folks would hang out for a while. They would be intimate in one way or another. And then break up and do it all over again. So, we got saved out of that. And things like purity culture—you know, don't kiss till you get married, um, don't even hold hands, um, have purity rings, go to daddy-daughter dances—you know, have all these um, sort of mechanisms to to keep you from lusting during the uh, courtship process. That's what we got into. Though we weren't really, that's what our friends were doing, or at least we're talking about. You and I, we were pretty new to the church and not really into all of it. I just kind of thought it was uh, it was just very foreign to me.
2: Yeah, I think um, when I'm thinking about the worldly culture at the time, it was still like an attitude that you would date one person at a time. Like you would get to know somebody and then, that would be your boyfriend or girlfriend and you went, you went steady or whatever and were exclusive. And then if that relationship didn't work out, you'd break up and then you would, you know, go see somebody else. But it wasn't like, you know, multiple people at the same time. Um, the hookup culture wasn't yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, really. Not really. Yeah. But for us, our friends, when they saw us that we were into each other, for them... You're either uh, platonic friends or like in a serious relationship. There was like nothing. And when I say platonic friends, I really mean just like kind of two two ships passing in the night. But we wanted to get to know each other and we certainly were interested in each other. But it, um, it only had romantic potential. That's not where it was at first. So they kind of pressed us like, Oh, you guys are in an exclusive relationship. Said who? We never said that. Mm-hmm. You guys are saying that. So we were like almost forced into a relationship um, because they would invite us because we had gone the worldly way of dating, which we weren't actually doing, but we ended up doing <laughs> because we are just, we were the, you know, we both had gotten saved out of friend groups that uh, didn't fear God and didn't go to church and all that. And then, who are you going to hang out with? It was like, we're going to hang out with each other. So that's kind of how we started dating.
0: Yep. How did your parents raise you to view dating?
2: I think my parents raised me to see it the way that the culture was at the time was just that you would, you know, you would find somebody that you liked and you would date them for a time. And then if it worked out, then you would progress to marriage. But, um, if it, if it seemed like it was a bad fit, then you would break up. Um, I think when we started dating, I was a freshman in high school. So I think my parents, when we first started dating, had the attitude of like, you know, oh, you could play the field a little more. And I was a little perplexed by that because I was like, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to have my heart broken over and over again? the The mindset was that you would, try to find somebody that you would want to marry I
1: think my parents uh, thought of like all those relationships you have in like middle school and high school as just pretending like they're not like actual serious relationships and I remember in elementary school my mom was teasing me about having a girlfriend and I never talked to her again about it because it made me so embarrassed and (laughs) I remember when I was in middle school she asked me And my uncle Roberto, who's her much younger brother, who's only six years older than me, uh, if I was gay. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you never talk about girls with me. I'm like, yeah, Mom. Because when I talk to you about girls, you're like, oh, aren't you cute? Look, you're dating. Like, every dude hates that. I want nothing to do with that. So I think they just saw it as kind of a cutesy thing. And the idea that there would be, like, fornication involved, it was more... uh, you know, like when you're giving someone Valentines or something back in second grade. It's like you have a crush on them, but it's not erotic. You're you're a kid. It, it, we hadn't been sexualized by everything yet. You know, Emily and I are still, you're not 40 quite yet, but we're still children of the 80s, and we didn't grow up with pornography, and MTV was a new thing, and even MTV, like the things you see on YouTube or casual television today, that was... That's even too edgy for MTV back in the 90s. You know, I remember just thinking about the way the girls would dance on. Um, what's the one with Eric Nice?
2: The Grind. The Grind.
1: <laughs> they would move around. That's, that's really tame. I saw some old videos. I, like, I went on the YouTube and I'm like, The Grind with Eric Nice. And, um, and the girls moving around, it's nothing like the twerking and stuff. So it, there was a sort of, yes, there was fornication and evil and all that stuff back then. But for a lot of us, uh, a lot of America was still pretty wholesome, really. And there was a lot of innocence. Um, now, that that innocence gets overwhelmed by just pure raging hormones as you move through high school. But Em and I met when we both were just kind of coming into our own. And, uh, and you know, God, God blessed it.
0: Before you met, what was your experience with dating like?
2: I really didn't have much experience. I had crushes, but there weren't really anybody that I, it wasn't like any serious relationships. Um, I think there was a boy that I liked for like a year or so. And then he finally asked me out and we went out for a weekend and I didn't see him the whole weekend. And then on Monday he broke up with me. And then he asked another girl out.
1: How long did that really, are they married today with 10 kids?
2: No. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the reason why he broke up with me and went out with her was because you know, he could get further along with her uh, than me. Yeah. So.
1: Um, I had a bunch of girlfriends. I am older than him, right? So I'm 4 years older and I was pretty far along in the high, high school when we met and uh And I hadn't been a Christian. I wasn't really into dating through middle school at all. Um, I think I had a girlfriend in eighth grade and then a couple girlfriends in ninth and a pretty serious girlfriend in my sophomore year. Um, But I got saved. And two things that really kept me from going too deep in relationships was sports first because I was really into wrestling and anything that competed with wrestling had to go. And so if I was dating a girl, and it was wrestling season. I just break up with them, like no matter who they were. Um, and then when I became a Christian, I recognized that a lot of my attitudes towards women and towards dating and towards sex and, and all that stuff was not aligned with scripture. And so I stopped dating. And so Emily was the first girl I dated, uh, after, uh, my conversion. Um, and thankfully it's been the only one since, uh, but yeah, there was there's girls and some of them were like for a couple weeks, some of them were several months. One was for like a year, year and a half, something like that. Uh, but, uh, but I never cared about them. They're like uh, a placeholder for the thing you're looking for, which I think for me even prior to Christ was a wife, right? Someone to spend your life with. So uh, when Emily came around, I wasn't really ready. For a serious relationship because I was recovering from just being worldly and wanted to have distance from a woman for a time. But you know, when you see the the real thing, you know, you can't can't sit on your loyal loyal, laurels, you gotta go for it. (laughs) That's all I did.
0: How did you meet?
2: Well, the first time we met was in our friend's driveway, and you guys were getting ready to leave to go to a 4-H fair, and you were going to set up a booth, the youth group was. And, to preach
1: the gospel at the... Right, and pass Dearborn out. Dearborn County, or Dearborn? Yeah, Dearborn County Fair. Yeah,
2: yeah and you guys were going to pass out free cups of water mm-hmm. and preach the gospel. And... um. I had came down to see my friend who lived by this house and they were all getting ready to leave. And so they invited me, but we were in Ohio and this was over in Indiana and I had never crossed state lines. Like that's so crazy. And I was like, I can't go. I I haven't even talked to my parents about it. So, but I just remember them introducing me to you and we were just like, hi. And then they all got in the car and went. And then after that, All she talked about was yellow ducks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was like this on running joke about yellow ducks, but I have a a vague recollection of that. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. But when we really met was some months later, That, that was, uh, I think July is when that County fair happens and we really met, it must've been in November.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, November, uh, December that so year.
1: November of 98. And it was at a Bible study. And you had been coming to the Bible study, or it came before. And there were so many people coming at this house. It was the Liskeys. They lived right here in Cincinnati, very, very influential family for a long time. And I was the Bible study leader there. And we had, uh, you know, David Pryor came there, John Pryor came there when they were kids. You know, these are people I think you've had on your podcast and they're at the church that we all attend.
2: Hank and Sandy too.
1: Hank and Sandy, yeah. That's where we, where I met them anyway when mm-hmm. I was just um, a teenager. And uh, so sometimes it, it could be like 30, 40 kids jammed into a living room about this size. And um, uh, I was really fit, definitely fit back then. And also just... Uh, we were bold, street preaching, aggressive teenage boys, you know, and so there's like girls taking interest in you, like there was a lot of them, and uh, but we we really wanted to be pure as men, and the guys kind of held each other accountable, and um, so I wasn't interested in any girls at all, and I, I it was a cultivated disinterest, and uh, so Em she's comes. And at some point becomes a Christian, and then attends one. And I had not worn my glasses because I had had contacts in. We had been playing soccer, and we had got a bunch of grass, you know, up in the air and whatever. And my eyes are like blood red, so I took the contacts out while I taught taught the Bible study. And here's this sweet voice talking about how her friends are persecuting her at school or rejecting her for being a Christian. And uh, I can't see her right; she's just a blur and uh and i just remember thinking i really remember thinking this this is a true story like i remember thinking this is the woman i'm gonna marry i just knew i was gonna marry her right there and it was a like a really strong feeling and um and then we talked a little bit but i didn't really get a real good look at her so i was always like man i hope this chick's not ugly you know (laughs) and uh and and then uh you know I think you came the next Bible study and we connected and we talked and then you, uh, and then obviously she was beautiful. Um, but then you disappeared because I think you had like band camp or I don't know what you're doing. What were you doing?
2: No, not band camp. Not
1: um, Oh, it was, you were in uh theater or whatever.
2: hmm. Yeah. I was in theater. So I think I was away practicing for the play that I was in. And then I remember there was, there was like a Right to Life march that I had volunteered to attend, and that was out in Washington, D.C. So I was away for a time for that as well. So I think I missed a couple Bible studies because of that.
1: Yeah, I was like dying for this girl to come back. I had I'd gone to a uh, – I bought her a Bible, which she still has, this green Bible mm-hmm. in, in KJV, and, um, and then I bought her a, uh, a bookmark. Uh, it had her name on it emily and what it supposedly means industrious which i don't know if that's what it really means but it certainly has been true of you as a person you look it up do you know oh i don't know <laughs> i don't either really but it's what it's what the christian bookstore book, bookmark yeah. said so it must be true it has to be um, but i got that for her and i was you know i, I didn't uh, know how to i didn't want to like rush there's a lot of pressure from the the kind of courtship purity culture and, and then there's um, internal pressure just, I don't want to move too quick. I don't want to jump right back into this. Um, also, I was in wrestling uh, right then. I was a senior. That was the end of wrestling season for me. Uh, so um, and wrestling ends in January. But uh, we got to know each other, and that's where we started to meet and, and hang out and develop a relationship.
0: How did your relationship move from just – acquaintances or friends to a first date?
2: Well, I think probably the way that it first kind of progressed was we had our birthdays, and our birthdays are just a couple of days apart. So I had written you a card for your birthday, and I think that signaled to you that I liked you at least a little bit. And, and then you wrote me a card, and then...
1: Is that the birthday card that says my mind is telling me no, but my body is telling me there's nothing wrong?
2: No. That's not that funny. was not had the R. lyrics in it. No. That's not it. Is that your song?
1: <laughs> that's not my song for Tim. <laughs> <laughs> R. Kelly. No. No. No, it's not. Uh, that's not what the birthday card said, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um well, yeah, we both got each other birthday cards. You're born I'm born on the eighth, she's born on the eleventh. Mm-hmm. And and our friend was born on the 12th. Well, two friends were, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there was like a birthday down this this house was kind of like a hub of teenage activity. Yes. And uh and we all were Christians. So yeah, started there. Uh we wrote a bunch of letters. Mm-hmm. We wrote a ton of letters. And I lived over in Indiana and it was dirt poor and she so there's indiana kentucky ohio she lived on the east side of ohio if you drove to kentucky you could call someone for a quarter or 35 cents 35 cents and talk to them uh long distance but we we were so poor we didn't have a phone in our house and uh and it was long distance from a payphone. so i'd hop in my truck drive across the ohio and I'd actually go to the BP at the Hebron exit right up from the creation museum. Um, and I would call her and. Cause and, it was
2: considered local from Kentucky to Ohio. That's right. But it was long distance from Indiana to Ohio.
1: So sometimes I drive all the way across there, like get in my truck, drive all like get on the highway, come over the Ohio river get off the exit Park the car, or you park the truck, walk up to the phone, put the court recorder in the extra diamond and call her in, and go to her voicemail. And you just die on the inside. <laughs> you just did all this work and she's not there. And then you're trying to think like, what sort of message should I leave, right? Because you put all this effort in there. But you put a long message in there. You know, it's going to be weird. So like, hey, it's Michael. Give me a call uh, at this payphone. <laughs> I don't know what you say, but... But we wrote, we wrote a lot and and we would talk that way. And then we would uh, connect at the, um, at the Bible studies that we had on Friday nights, Friday nights. And then eventually we started having uh, the Wednesday night youth, youth thing when you started going to Calvary Chapel with me. So then we started dating um, in April.
2: Mm -hmm. April 24th.
1: Yeah. I wrote you that letter. I was like, don't, don't open it. And so I didn't. So, yeah, I wrote a letter and I was like, really into you. I want to get to know you. And I wrote it and I mailed it. And then as soon as I mailed it, I like regretted it. Mm-hmm. And like I called her up and told her not to open it. Because back then, like, you know, now in our email, we have an undo. Like on Gmail, you, like, you got like five seconds to undo that bad boy. Mm-hmm. But once you drop that letter into, you know, the mail back then, it's gonna end up there. So I call I called her up and I think I left a message or did I tell you? I can't remember.
2: I think you told me, and I just remember you saying that you had some things in it that you wanted to explain before I read it. Mm, and so I was like, Okay. So I just didn't open it.
1: <laughs> you thought I was into your friend.
2: I did. I thought you were into my best friend,
1: and and you really got caught off guard by that letter, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I was surprised.
1: Once you tell the good listeners, like how, how the, how the contents of the letter was revealed to you.
2: Okay, so I think so you had you had mailed it, and then you called me and told me not to open it, and I was like, okay, so I didn't open it, and then that. Friday we had Bible study and then afterwards you were walking me home and I lived up the street so you walked me like halfway and as we were walking up the hill you started explaining the contents of the letter and that you wanted to get to know me and you wanted to get to know me in the context of our friends and family and you were looking for a wife and that you were intending to become a pastor and be in the ministry and that, um, you likely would be poor and that I would need to share you. And so if that was something I was interested in, then we would move forward. And if not, then we could just stay friends. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, (laughs) I was down.
0: Yeah,
1: it was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't get this. You're sending letters back and forth, calling on the phone, all this, and you didn't even know that he liked you?
2: No, I thought he liked my friend. I thought we were friends, but I didn't think he liked me.
0: Did people do this in the 90s? You just like talk on the phone and send letters? I think
1: we are the last of a generation as I talk to people. Mm -hmm. I think we're a little... Even though we're from, we dated in the 90s, we're kind of older souls in our practice. But I didn't know if she was into me either, to be, to be really? quite honest, even though she wrote letters back and forth. And uh, I think there's this sort of innocence yeah. that we had reclaimed by being born again. And um, like I found her very attractive, but I, c- I can honestly say that I, I don't, you know, I, I definitely appreciated you, but I, I, I those early days i didn't lust it wasn't a, it wasn't erotic like i just um i was enamored with who she was as a person and i wanted to get to know her and i just wanted to be around her
0: mm-hmm. and
1: enjoy her and uh i enjoyed her beauty you know um it was different than you know as we got to know each other uh certainly there was like strong desire but those early days it was just a, a friendship
2: yeah and i think We had became Christians and were in this circle of friends that, you know, it was co-ed. It wasn't like it was all boys or all girls. And I think we just all enjoyed one another and had a friendship. Um, And like a bunch of the guys, like, I still love dearly, but like, they're just my friends. They're like brothers in Christ. And I think that the same thing was for the boys with a lot of the girls that were in our group, that it was just like, we're just friends.
1: We were really intimate people, like <clears throat> that whole group. Like mm-hmm. we like slept in the same beds, me and the guys, you know, we are like when we would go out to preach the gospel, we'd stay somewhere and all sleep in the same bed and didn't mind being next to a guy. It wasn't weird. There was, you know, I always think about this with so many people that they've just been robbed from normal relationships because they have everything's been so charged sexually charged and it wasn't like that we were it was like family and yeah and we traveled around we street preached we did these skateboard outreaches and had all these bible studies and had all these friends and I'm still we're still friends with many people from that time to this
0: day yeah Sing your Everybody stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord I could never tell you just how much good it is gonna do you Just elect the name of the Lord Be praised both for now and evermore Praise Him, all your service praise the name of the Lord Come on, everybody stand up and sing one more Hallelujah, sing your praise to the Lord So how did things change between you two now that he told you all his feelings? The cats and, out of the bag. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, I I definitely, we started, so we started dating and then I knew I had to talk to her dad. Um. I forget how I did that. He was a captain of the Navy, Dr. Mayor, but also a captain of the Navy, a dentist. And... I got introduced to him and your mom. They were still married at the time. And one night, I think this is what happened, is my car broke down. And I had to stay the night at your house. And the next morning, he took me out for breakfast.
2: That's right. Yeah, because you slept on the couch, and then he took you out to hitching post.
1: That's right. And then he wanted to know where I was at with you. And I just said, here's my desires. I was like real straight up with him. And he was real, he was very blunt with me as well. And I had his blessing, but he had a couple rules. Um, Basically, I couldn't be in the house with her alone. But I could be over, I could sit on the porch. (laughs) I used to sit on your porch, and I can remember sitting on your porch and you open up the window to your room so I could sit on the porch in front of the window to your room. (laughs) You remember that, no?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and so we we weren't allowed in the house. why and, didn't I
2: just come sit out on the porch with you? I
1: think you had to do something or whatever. Oh, okay. So, and I and I actually, so uh, I was a senior, she was a freshman. When I graduated high school, you know, I she I wouldn't bring her into my dorm room, you know, because when you were in college, yeah, yeah. when well, I was in college, because we 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 loved each other, and certain things go into motion, things are going to happen, right? Right. And so we we tried our best to maintain all those boundaries and, and to honor honor her father. But, um, so yeah, we broke up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Usually like you broke up once with me right before my graduation. Beca- yeah. Cause now I came to your house and your brother came out and he's being like your stupid brother. Like,
2: well, and I don't think you, I don't think I could tell you, I don't think I could call you or anything. Cause you didn't have a phone. <laughs> so it's <was laughs> like, how do I let you know that? Like and
1: your brother's like, she's moved on Michael. <laughs> Or it's over. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we're going to my graduation party. You're like on the. I didn't know she's like on the other side. Of the, like,
2: I was in my room crying. Yeah, and you're outside on the porch.
1: So then I go to my graduation party, and they're like, where are we going to meet this girlfriend? And you know, I was like, I don't know. She, like, I think we just broke up. <laughs> and then that didn't last long at all. No. Like, and then I'd go to youth conferences and get really confused. I was a youth pastor. And get confused if I should be dating you or not. And um, I think I broke up with you twice. And it was like a one day sort of thing. It would never last. Maybe no. It just, <clears throat> we were intertwined as as people really from the moment we started dating. And it, it never stopped. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I was ready to marry you right away.
2: Yep. Same. Same.
0: Did you guys have a lot in common?
1: Uh, I think American culture was still pretty uniformed. People watched the same TV shows, knew the same songs. Mm-hmm. You liked Garth Brooks, I, I didn't. You liked Dave. You loved Dave Matthews. I thought he was all right. Yep. Did you watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I did. So we, we watched, had that in common. We <laughs> had that in common. That's what. That's what that's bonded the, us together. Yeah, that's the the tie.
2: Jesus of, and Fresh Prince. Of Bel Air, yeah. <laughs>
1: but um. Yeah, I think um. No, I, no, we not really. I was poor. She was middle class. I was public schooled. You're private schooled. Um, you came from at the time an intact family. Mm-hmm. I came from a very broken family that was obviously broken. Um, <clears throat> I, I grew up growing all over the place, multiple states. You, for the most part, grew up in Cincinnati your whole life just in two houses, mm-hmm. but really one for the, the bulk of it. Um, you had a family on both sides, I, and I, I really, my, my already my extended family was pretty breaking apart. Uh you were a Roman Catholic growing up? I mm-hmm. was a pagan and then a, a evangelical convert. We're different in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I don't know. She liked me and I liked her so we had that in common.
2: Mhm. We love the Lord.
1: Yeah, we love Jesus.
0: What were a lot of you guys' conversations like? Were you talking about like a lot of deep things or was it more fun Nickens day?
2: Yeah, it, I would say a mix. We did, you know, we were going to Bible studies and we would talk theology some.
1: I would congratulate people on Fushnickens Day out of the middle of nowhere
2: and Mm -hmm. convince
1: them it was a holiday that's not a real holiday (laughs) and get them to congratulate us back. It
2: was the day when the schnickens got food.
1: That's right. I just remember there was a couple like in that convertible. (laughs) Happy Fushnickens Day, man. He's like, happy Fushnickens to you. And I was like. Right on. <laughs> uh, no, we were young kids. We were kids when this all started, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Did we talk about, like, the meaning of life and stuff? Yeah, we did. But it was all, like, intertwined, mm-hmm. you know. And we had lots of fun.
2: Mm-hmm. And we'd go out with a group of friends, and we'd go to the park and frisbee golf and go on trails and yep. parkours.
1: But not, like, On the office,
2: not like on office.
1: Like here, you do a bunch of sit-ups. Here you do a bunch of jumping jacks. Here's a balance beam. You know, like the French parkours. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, like grilling each other on like theology and whether oh no one is like superlapsarian. Autism
1: was really uncommon back then. (laughs) It was (laughs) not. No, I think uh, you know that was kind of an issue. I, I was more advanced than you were because I was in, uh, I've been a believer longer, but not much longer. Mm-hmm. But I read a lot, and yeah. I was, and I wanted to figure things out, and um, so I think M was kind of insecure about that in our early relationship.
2: We used to hang out at coffee shops a lot, mm, that's right. and um, so he would always get in conversations with people at the coffee shops. Um, usually evangelizing to the ravers that were coming there before they would go to their parties. Um, And he would go back and forth with them. And I would mostly just sit there and listen because um, I just felt like he knew more than me because he did. But I, it did make me feel a little insecure that we were somehow unequally yoked or something like that. But
1: but there was this girl that she was like a no it all and you thought I might like a girl like that more. And I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. Like you are like so much better. Because I, I, I didn't want me. I want something that wasn't me. Right. And over time like, um, you, you're very theologically capable and you're just we're just younger. There was that, that four years matters. Yeah. When you're nineteen and fifteen. Uh but by the time you're 24 and 20, it's like, uh, the, especially if the guy's the older one, things are, are about even. Girls mature so quick compared to guys. But early on, you know, I was moving into adulthood just a little bit ahead of her. Mm-hmm. And then we all caught up and bounced. I remember going to college and thinking, I don't have to marry this girl. I can marry one of these girls. And I remember having that thought for like a couple of days, you know. And then coming back to M, when we really got together that week, just thinking that no, this is, this is the girl for me, and yeah, there's other options, but I choose this one. This is the right girl, and just making that conscious choice. Um, it wasn't like these are the you have no options, but this is the one you want. This is the right one. You know, I remember yeah. thinking that.
0: Did you guys have any disagreements when you were dating?
1: Yeah, we fought a lot, but I don't yeah. remember like what's one you remember? I feel like most of them are stupid things.
2: Yeah, mostly I can think of stupid things. Um
1: Oh, there's a time I used the word honky. <laughs> I
2: knew you were gonna bring that one up.
1: <laughs> honky and cracker. What was
2: I, the book? I was reading You
1: you hung up on me and you're like, because that's like racial terms. Like it's racist. And I was like, honky's racist? Like there's no one that's been called honky or a cracker in their entire life and just like went home devastated. <laughs> like white s- white slang like is hilarious. It's not even in the same realm of the N word, right? Someone calls me honky. I just want to smile at them like, <laughs> you know. But you hung up on me and I just started <laughs> laughing. Like I seriously when hung up on me. I l- rolled on the floor. I cracked up because you're like.
0: Yeah,
1: like typical white. Was girl. that
2: at the was it at the gas station or no? Where were no, you at I think we actually point? had
1: a phone at my house. I think they had paid the bill or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, I just remember dying. Thirty five cents. I, I, I called you back. I was like, did you hang up with me because I said honky? And you're like, yeah, yeah. That's racist. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, had read
2: a book. It was like a summer reading book, and it was like talking mm-hmm. about race, and they they talked about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. well so, you know, I didn't want to be racist.
0: How did you both discover that the other was the one that you wanted to marry?
1: Excuse me, I just knew.
2: I Yeah, I was oh, going to say, I knew pretty quickly. I think just within a couple of weeks of us officially dating, um, I would have been fine with just getting married.
1: Same here. It wasn't analytical. You know, I hear, I think that's some of the stuff that I see in the dating realm today where it's so foreign. It's like a um, very scientific, mechanical way of a person relationships relationships. I'm like, hmm. relationships are very organic. Like, you, there's an interplay of people. And um, there's such a thing as chemistry. You know, like, I, there might be a better word for that, maybe a more precise word. But everyone knows we, if there's not chemistry, then... Uh, you have to find it. <laughs> Maybe there's not initial chemistry, there can be. But for us, there was chemistry pretty early on, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you're looking at me the way. Oh, sure. no, I was... So that I don't know. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: so. I was just thinking, I think... I knew you loved the Lord, and then I found you attractive, and I thought you were funny, and we seem to enjoy spending time together. So it was like, what else is there?
1: She's pretty. I liked your butt. I remember that. Um, and I loved your, I loved your hair. I, the thing was interesting is that you weren't my type. She wasn't my type at all. Like the girls I had dated, um, previous to Emily looked nothing like her. And I always hear guys talk about, Oh, this is the type I'm looking for. And I just think you're an idiot, man. Like you just want someone that you love and loves you. And, and fears God and, and all that And uh, I, I wasn't looking for a woman at all And I think that's a testament to who you are as a person That you just All my discipline just went away You know, I was like, uh, who's this? You know, <laughs> so like, like in the, the movies almost
2: Kiss me Out of the bearded Barley Inside the green, green grass Swing,
1: swing Swing the spinning step You wear those
2: shoes And I will wear that dress Oh
0: How did you propose? You want me to tell the story? Yes. Okay. Um,
1: well, so it was—it was pretty obvious that we we're gonna get engaged. We've been dating for like, uh, like almost four years at that point, and um, and it was gonna be somewhere between uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's. And she, I knew she knew that, right? You were kind of expecting it, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it annoyed me that I wasn't able to really totally surprise her. So I had to think of a, a way to do it. And so the the idea I came up with, I've been saving up money. I bought a ring. And uh, I picked her up, and we were supposed to go somewhere. And I had some sort of stupid excuse that I can't remember. You, do you recall my excuse? I don't.
2: You said that you had to go and change your shirt.
1: <laughs> so.
2: So then you drove up the road the wrong way
1: where we had we where i had read the letter to her and told her my feelings so where he had I driven
2: up the hill yeah to to where he had first revealed that he liked me
1: and then but i was he like he
2: acted like he was gonna back you know like go pull into this driveway and turn around and and then come back down to go to his apartment so he could change his shirt before we were going wherever we were supposed to go,
1: and then I acted like I was angry, like I was in a foul mood, and so she was like, "Rule tense so wouldn't like didn't know what's going on, and then
2: and then you said that you like you pulled into the driveway at the top of the hill
1: to turn around, yep,
2: but you're like, "Oh, my car needs oil," and so you <laughs> you throw your car into park in this stranger's park or uh, driveway. No, it was at the
1: very top. I turned it out. I had backed out. Okay. Okay. But I did put it in the park, yeah. You
2: did put it in the park, in and end. you 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 popped the trunk and got out, like in a huff, like you were going to go get oil out of the back of the car. and Then you I were, call you. Yeah, then you're like, I'm like, you know, come over here. Come
1: help me. <laughs> and then you come around.
2: And I come around, his, his trunk, the lid to his trunk was up, so she I couldn't, couldn't see him it. at first. So I come around, and then he's down on one knee.
1: And I was like, I wanted to say, "Will you marry me?" But I was really taken. I was surprised by uh, by you, you know, by your beauty and all that. And I remember I stumbled a little bit, and then I said it. I said, "Will you marry me?" And uh, and
2: and I said yes.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, that's how we did it.
2: And you revealed to me that the whole like grumbly thing was yeah, an yeah. act, and you were just trying to throw me off and but let's trying to surprise me.
1: Though. No. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> okay, I need go oh god! Seriously, this shirt is uncomfortable. <laughs> but, uh, no. no, I don't know if that happened or not. But yeah. No, all. we just went
2: back to the house where the Bible study was hosted. Okay,
1: gotcha. Gotcha.
2: And we don't have any pictures. No. From the night that we got no engaged. No YouTube
1: videos.
2: No, it's nothing. Just, it's
1: just a memory. Who knows, right? Wild. Just you and me. In our words. Did it
2: even happen?
1: Probably not, if it's not on social media.
2: Yeah, there's no There's no photo evidence, no nothing. Yeah, well. Nobody maybe... thought to take a picture.
1: Yeah, I know, so.
2: Not even you. Yeah. Way to go.
1: I'm sorry.
0: How did you guys spend the time between engagement and marriage?
2: We were both in college.
1: Yeah, so we got married, so we got engaged, I guess it was the 27th, is that right? Yes. And then that was so December 27th and we got married uh July 12th of the following year. So we were only engaged for you know basically seven and a half months. Um so we were in, we were in college. I was working full time. You're at least working part time and going to school full time.
2: Yeah, I was working part time at Citibank.
1: So we we did our pre-marriage counseling. I worked like a dog. I worked like 40 hours a week and went to school full-time and was it was hard.
2: Mhm.
1: Then we did marriage counseling, um uh, premarital counseling. That was kind of terrible. Uh, I just learned that men are stupid and and women are are not.
2: They're angels.
1: They're little angels. And uh but yeah, so we did that and uh her father actually was okay with us getting engaged. But when it was finally time to get married, he fought us. And we went through this um we got together with him. I I feel like it was like once a month or maybe twice a month.
2: Yeah, I think at least once a month um for about 6 months. And and this was like from when the summer I graduated high school, so that was 2002, and then we started meeting with him, kind of like because you met with him to talk to him about us getting engaged and getting married, and he he was like, "Well, I want to talk about certain things with you guys." Well, and he meet said with yes, but, yeah. th-
1: but on the condition I would meet with them. Yeah, that we would, so we did, and he was like, "Got to come with the budget, you know, all these basic things." It was good. It was good advice. And, and we took it serious, and I did my best to act on it. And so then it was like getting close like, I want to set a wedding date, you know? And, um, and he really fought back hard. And he had just come out of a divorce at the time, and he was processing all that.
2: My parents had just separated, and their divorce, I think, finalized right before we got married.
1: Yeah. And... So he ended up not wanting us, trying to prevent us to get married, more or less. And I fought back and said, no, this is happening. Uh, I've been patient. I've been dating your daughter for like four and a half years or four years at this point. I've, I've gone through your hurdles. I've respected you. We've honored you. Like, we've tried this all very seriously. And um, and it was just very much like, as Em had said, at the start of all this, that there was that sort of old school dating mindset was creeping up where it was you know, okay to be physical at some level as long as you're not having children and and all that. Uh, but uh, we didn't want to do that. We were Christians. We wanted to get mm-hmm. married and, and, and honor yeah, God. Yeah, I had
2: it. family members that were like, why don't you just live together and and you know finish college and then get married? And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's what if backwards. I get pregnant yeah. and then, then there's like no – accountability on his part you know he could just walk away you know not that he would we were Christians we didn't want to do it that way anyway but
1: so yeah it was a little dramatic and um, so he ended up relenting Emily saved I uh, had a um, tuxedo put put aside for him
2: he was um, because my parents had separated he was taking his health more seriously and he was like losing a ton of weight and so when I would get together with him um, I'd always be like, oh yeah, you're looking really good. How, you know, how much weight have you lost? Like what pants size are you down to now? Like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to slyly figure out like what size he was. So that way I could reserve a text in his current size. So,
1: so we were ready to have another man give her away. Uh, but about two weeks before the wedding, is that right? Two mm-hmm. weeks, he relented and, and he, he came and he said he was sorry and, he gave him uh, him away and we've had a good relationship really ever since yeah it's never been a problem he's a man I, I, I definitely I love and respect Uh but sometimes like you just gotta like stand your ground and say no this is happening and that's exactly what I did and uh, I got married and it worked out
0: You had mentioned that you had done like premarital counseling and so that makes me think of the question of what kind of advice were you guys getting at that time and then how were you applying that advice i don't remember getting any advice not much
1: anyway i read books so i read i kissed saying goodbye and boy meets girl i think boy meets girl came out before we were married um, both Joshua Harris books. I um, I didn't take them very. I, I rejected most of it. There was like one. There's like one or two chapters in both those books that are actually full of really practical things that are the best chapters in those books. I haven't read them for a long time. Um, I read Holy Sacred Marriage by Gary Thomas, and that some stuff in marriage counseling, but. We just did not, I don't, I don't remember getting relationship advice. Do you?
2: Um, I think in our premarital counseling, it was mostly like, have a budget, you know, don't let money be a thing that divides you, Um, come up with a plan together, go to bed together, don't go to bed angry. Um, They
1: gave us that book on sex.
2: That's true. They did.
1: And um, it, so I read it. I was like, huh, okay. But I just remember it's got this chapter in it called Sex in Your 70s. <laughs> and we've never read it. And we've I never just, read that be, chapter. Yeah, we're saving that for that. But right? when
2: we get to All the right, 70s. <laughs> no, no.
1: Tomorrow is March 8th, <laughs> 2050. <laughs> you know what that means? No. Take out Intended for Pleasure by Dr. Ed Wheat. Time to learn about sex in our 70s, <laughs> you know, so. I'll read uh, it in four years. <laughs> put your teeth in, uh, but uh, no. <laughs> anyhow, like, we we got some books, but, uh, you know, we weren't, it wasn't like we were being really coached. I don't think so.
2: No. I, don't. I think
1: people coached us in life, but not in dating. Mm-hmm. I feel like dating advice as a widespread thing is more of a modern Thing from the breakdown of relationships. Uh
2: yeah. I, I don't remember
1: it being that much. Like it was kind of funny. Like people had listened to dating coach shows. We'd make fun of them. It's like a plot in you know, a rom rom com or something.
2: Yeah, I I don't remember anything like that. I just yeah, it was more of like general life advice. And oh, I remember being told, um. That when we got married, that we should spend some time with it just being us. Because once you start having children, once you have a child, they don't go away. And so, to enjoy the time when it's just the two of you.
1: Yeah, we got some sort of anti-child rhetoric. That certainly came our way.
2: They were pro-children, but they were also in favor of waiting.
1: Yeah. So, some you time.
2: Yeah.
1: And we bought into that and we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How was physical intimacy handled when you were dating?
1: Uh try not to. Really hard. Yeah. Uh so for me, uh cold showers and working out. Um for M I don't know what you do. Did you take cold showers and work out? No. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> uh mm-hmm yeah definitely we kissed before we were married mm-hmm. um but and not, we held hands and, and held hands and uh that was like a year about a about a year into a relationship we finally kissed it was an awkward kiss it
2: was yeah
1: very awkward so she was like ah. and i was like no i'm just teasing you i'm sorry like, <laughs> i was like really? like she's gonna bite into an apple but uh, no. no uh but I did not do that but anyway uh no it was hard um you know, we, we didn't have sex, thank God. Uh, but four four years is too long. I mean, in my opinion, most people should be ready to from the start of the actual dating relationship to marriage is about a year thing. I think that's what about the amount of discipline that most people have in them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, we had to don't don't come upstairs, don't don't come into my dorm room. I'm not allowed to be home with you. Um, unless your parents were there, those sort of rules helped.
2: But. Keep doors open, you know, that, yeah.
1: But yeah, that's that's how we handled it.
0: In hindsight, is there any way that you would have handled the dating phase of your relationship differently?
1: These are hard questions because, you know, you just see how things played out, and I, I, like, I like the results. Um, if there's a way I could get the same results without being in a, sexually frustrated dating relationship through my high school and teen years, I would. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, so what we tell our, I'd say it's what I tell Hudson. What I tell Hudson is that you should be able to be married by the time you're 20. That's not the normal time to get married and that's not a requirement, but it is an ability I want him to have because I want him to be able to grab those girls up that are are willing to be married at that time before they get swept away in careerism or whatever. And uh, but if there if that girl's not out there, if there's not a mature, godly, Christian woman, then okay, fine, whatever. But be ready to get married. And then my my standard is that you want to be at a place of where if you start a relationship a year from its start, you can be married. and nine months from marriage, you could take care of a baby. Those are kind of the thresholds. Mm-hmm. And if I could go back, those would be the thresholds I would set up. Probably the biggest regret, I would say, is prioritizing um, her college over my college and delaying having, uh, we should have just got married like the the summer you graduated. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I realized like years later that I turned 18 March 11th. And then the following week was my spring break. So I totally could have eloped with you on my spring break. And I don't know if my dad did this on purpose. Probably it just was a coincidence. But he scheduled to have all four of my wisdom teeth taken out on my spring break. So it was like never even a thought to go and get married. You know, I wanted to have a, a real wedding anyway. I wanted to have like yeah. a ceremony. But that would have been so awesome. I could have gotten I could have graduated high school with a married name. That would have been so cool.
1: You've been great, I think there's a tendency to, to, especially these days to delay, to add more time to it than needs to be added in most cases. And we delayed, we were in love, we were committed. There was no one else. We had been together years. And I remember I was out, we went up to uh, Rochester where John and Rachel DeBruin were, and we were married yet and i was talking to john i was looking for advice and i was like hey this what am i not dealing with this right now he said sounds like you should get married you sound like you're having married problems and you're not married yet because we had been together that long so yeah
0: what were you looking for i guess this would be before you guys became a relationship what were you looking for in a future spouse at that time and now knowing what you know now would you have looked for something different
1: I wasn't looking for a spouse uh, and I didn't have a list I've never had a list my entire life like when I hear people like grade women like from a one to a ten like I guess if I was a, if I had to I could but I could grade mountains or or ponies or cars or gravel if I need to right I've never thought about women that way uh not because I'm above it I just never have. It just never. Emily, when Emily came into my life, I was not looking for a girlfriend. I wasn't on the market. Um, We met and I was smitten with her and that's how it happened.
2: Um, I don't think that I was. I was, I was 14. So I don't know that I really had like a list. I mean, I wanted to marry somebody who loved Jesus and was like, able to provide you know um and somebody who wanted to have children
1: you you told me you did have a list but i don't i think there was a list from like when you were younger and it wasn't like something actively in your mind but i remember you going back trying to fit me into the list oh yeah remember that
2: no but um anyway
1: what do you mean you don't remember that well I only know because you told me and I just think it's funny that if a woman likes a guy she'll fit him into the list okay as opposed to use the list to find the guy okay yeah
2: that is funny
0: What have you seen of the modern dating environment for Christian singles?
1: So, uh, modern dating, uh, it's, it's chaos. It's chaos. It's chaos because on one side, the casualness that was starting to creep in the nineties went towards a hookup culture, which then turned into all the dating apps and all that stuff. So there was a time where really it's kind of, uh, 2000s going into about early 2010 where that was kind of the golden age of the hookup culture where like there was a whole lot of people having sex with one another. Um, But then pornography became more uh, easy to get a hold of. And then the dating apps came out and as the dating apps came out, it it changed where it moved to where you'll hear a lot of guys kind of complain about where it's kind of like the top 20% guys are getting 80% of the girls. So that's like happening on the male side of things. Um, In the worldly side of things, I should say. In the Christian world, because they don't know how to navigate this, because it is a real mess, um, there's some that kind of go back to a hard courtship model, and that works best when you have strong churches with strong fathers. It's very hard to pull off without those things. Um, But I don't think we have a very clear way forward right now. Uh, I think it's pretty... It's hard because it's a fractured society, culturally speaking. And, uh, in, in, people also are coming, uh, to faith, right. And they're, and they're dating people who have grown up in the faith. And that's, that creates a very different dynamic as opposed to two people that grew up in the world, but converted or two people that grew up in the church. So we have all these like different circumstances. That's why I think things like more of a traditional dating, like meet a bunch of people, but don't be physical. Then eventually settle on one, go steady. Um, That's that active like, okay, do I want to get engaged to this person? And when you go steady, you're you're really getting to know that person's friends and family. And then engagement really is like, all right, I want to marry her, give me permission. And it's all the final preps for the marriage and double checking everything before you actually take vows. I like that system. And the reason I like it is not because I, one, I don't think there's a right system. I think the system is based on, um, principles, right? Principle of purity, a principle of community involvement, a principle of the man being active, the woman being reactive, and also, uh, the families having input, uh, all those things are the things that matter, but why I like that model best, it's, it's the most flexible for different cultural environments. And I I think if you don't have someone that's kind of like surveyed the land, uh, they might not know that a lot of the dating advice that they're giving is either from a bygone age or for a sliver of the cultural reality that people are dealing with right now. And so I think it's it's very frustrating. It's very hard. Hearing how different people come into relationships is probably helpful because that just kind of gets away from this sort of – paint-by-the-numbers mechanistic approach, you know.
0: What advice do you have for single women?
2: My advice for single women is, um, first and foremost, to love the Lord and to pursue the things that Scripture calls a woman to be. Um, Prudent and temperate and have a cheerful spirit and... um, things like Proverbs 31 talks about or Titus 2 um, because those are things that are worth investing in regardless of what station of life you're in and um, it'll pay dividends. So pursue that and then um, be friendly, make yourself available, you know, and that could just simply be um, choosing You know, if you're in a, if you're in your 20s or whatever, and you're working like choosing shifts where you're able to actually go out in the evening and attend, you know, Bible studies or go to dances or go out with friends. Um, I can't tell you how many women I know that because they worked third shift and worked opposite of the rest of the world, um, how hard it was for them to meet somebody and get married because, they just weren't really available. There wasn't any time to meet people. So I think that's just a real practical, practical thing.
0: And what advice do you have for single men?
1: What advice do I have for single men? I think the, the main thing is a guy really needs to develop the right attitude, the right skills and the discipline to fall through. So the right attitude, really having a positive um, mindset. Positive being that uh, I don't deserve to be saved yet. God has poured out mercy and grace on me through Jesus Christ. Right. That keeps you humble. That gives you joy. That really changes things and also reorientates everything where you have this greater purpose uh, the glory of God. Right. That's the great mission of life. The Missio Dei. So cultivate the right attitude. My I, I belong to God. God loves me. I have his approval. I have his validation. I don't have to go seek other people's validation. Uh, but I do need to live a disciplined life for His glory, then develop actual skills. And I always think about you know you see a, a man who's skilled in his ways he he won't stand uh, you know before a obscure man he'll stand before kings. So you got to develop the sort of skills that um, like that are attractive, and that that's just anything with excellence, right? Speaking, drawing, painting, fixing, right? Sports, whatever. Just start like loving learning stuff and getting good at stuff and adding to that. And then um, discipline, just like falling through on that and applying it to your life. So then you start to kind of develop like a vocational desire or or some some sense of mission. It doesn't have to be this like crystal clear thing, but it is a sort of force propelling you forward. I think women are most attracted to men who are going somewhere, doing something, they're moving. And so I think of uh, mission very much like a sort of uh kinetic force like energy moving forward so start developing all that stuff and just start a little like learn how to lift weights learn how to write right take a class on coding who cares whatever something and then um learn to just enjoy women for their beauty right and like to be friends with women to be friendly with them I think a lot of guys are really awkward in how they interact with women just because they don't talk to them enough. And they make it something like really strange. And I, I, have, I find it easy to have platonic relationships with women, I always have. And uh, if you grew up especially um, exposed to pornography, when you wanna get that out of your life. But one way to normalize yourself is learning that women are different, but you can have these positive relationships with them just by talking to them. Once you learn just to enjoy women when you're interested in one, then the key is to to like ask them out and go have some fun, right? And and get to know them. And then that tends to move towards talking about more serious issues. But I just think a lot of guys lack confidence, they lack drive, and they struggle just to enjoy people. And when you take the shopping element out of it, where dating is about finding someone you enjoy and you can do these things together as opposed to this sort of like uh, price is right or something. I don't know. It's like a video game or not a video game. like a game show. There's something not good about it. Um, that'd be my advice, like to cultivate those sort of attitudes. Like it's awesome to be a man, go be a man, learn all those things, right? Surround yourself with godly older men and learn to enjoy women. And when the one that you really are into is out there, you'll have the skills to to kind of start to draw her in.